Hey everyone, and welcome to PR Hangover, a weekly PR recap and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter and hosted by me, Kelly Darcy. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and start by telling us kind of who you are. Okay, so my name is Mike Houston. I work at LNA. I'm a senior director at LNA uh, in the financial communications practice group. So how did you get started in that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have a finance and marketing background, and I had never heard of investor relations or really public relations for that matter. Um, I was very much focused on the financial track, uh, but it wasn't until I was introduced to an investor relations firm that it had also done PR uh, to where I really learned you know, what investor relations and public relations really entailed. Um, and what really spoke to me was the, the finance marketing mixed with the communications uh, to be able to communicate a company's story and uh, really engage other people and uh, allow for uncovered companies or underfollowed companies to really uh, cross that barrier and uh, have some more people looking at them. And what do you think are some of the attributes that kind of go along with someone of your position or someone that's working maybe at LNA or working with public relations? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, very much focused on communications, right, and being able to to uncover a story. And financial communication is a little bit different to where you need to have a bit of financial and accounting acumen as well to be able to look at financial statements and, and really be able to pull out the story uh, to communicate it in a press release, a presentation. Uh, by and large, the uh, audiences are investors of some, of some sort to where uh, you need to be able to communicate the financials in an effective way. But then, too, even being able to collaborate with the marketing and the public relations teams because you want to tell one consistent and concise story across the board. Uh, so having that communications background is extremely important as well. And what do you think? So you talked about branding and kind of being able to find that story. Do you think that's your favorite part about being about being here at LNA? Does LNA make it different? It really is. And uh, interestingly enough, I was at LNA a number of years ago, um, had since moved um, and have come back after about a four-year hiatus. Uh, and I just am very much attracted to the variety of work that you find at, at an agency. Uh, I've been on the corporate side for the last four years, and while you're able to really dive in and focus uh, on a particular campaign or project, uh, having that variety here at, at Lambert Edwards has been uh, a tremendous benefit to me. And, and I think that's why, if you're attracted to the agency side, that's probably one of the key benefits that uh, you wake up one day and you might be working on an earnings release, and then midday you need to shift to outreach and talking to somebody on Wall Street or working on an investor presentation. So I think the variety is really, and being able to work with that variety is key to, to being successful, especially in an agency background. How do you think that students can kind of start getting into agency or, or even corporate? How do you think the best way to kind of jump into the place that, I mean, LNA is big, like if you're growing up as you know of LNA, so how do you mm -hmm. think that students can kind of, kind of infiltrate, <laughs> for lack of a better term, um, right. into LNA to try to work here? I think having a diverse background, so being open to maybe not just uh, taking those communications classes, but showing that you know you're you're comfortable with the breadth of of topics and subject matters. Uh, may it be more on the academic side, but then also too in extracurricular activities, and showing that you know I, I really do have that breadth of knowledge to be able to bring it to an agency, because uh, you really do need to be creative and think out of the box, because um, oftentimes it's the corporate individuals that are coming to agencies to say, hey, you know, we're 
we've got these this general direction, but we really need you guys to kind of take it over and, and run with it from here and really turn it into a final product. And so, yeah, I, I think having a, as much of a diverse background as you can really helps break the ice. Uh, may it be working on different projects at school or even different jobs that you've had too and, and just showing that you're able to, to kind of have that breadth of experience. Yeah, I would help and definitely say that I think being in PRSSA would help doing that as well as mm -hmm. going to the regional conference that we have. I know you guys are a sponsor, which is awesome, um, for helping us out and giving back to not only the direct Grand Valley community, but also, you know, anyone else who's coming from across the state or different, um, or even like anywhere from the Midwest. So I guess my question, because I told you a little bit about PRSSA, mm -hmm. um, what do you think about students who have kind of like the extracurriculars of being in something like PRSSA? Is that something that you think stands out more so than a job or something that, you know, kind of goes hand in hand? I think it definitely helps because with PRSSA and organizations like that, you're, you're getting a lot of, um, different industries coming to talk to you uh, and you're really learning a lot a little bit about a lot about a lot right to where um, as in as much as you're engaged regularly and participating in, in lunches or whatever it is any type of social networking opportunities um, you're definitely going to be able to benefit and at least uh, find out where your passion is along the way but then if you find that like similar to me you have a lot of passions in a lot of different areas then and maybe agency work is uh, the right path for you going forward, at least something that you should look at seriously. And what are, do you have any advice for people, and specifically students who, you know, are starting to network, starting to kind of get out there, maybe they're graduating soon, and, mm -hmm. you know, the best kind of ways to approach people to be networking, you know, other than coming up to them at a networking event, if you don't have that, you know, is there some best practices, lessons learned from, maybe you've encountered from someone just saying, hey, come give me a job versus someone saying, right. hey, like, I just want to talk with you. No, and I think that is the best approach of uh, once you figure out the industries or general direction that you want to head in, research those companies that are at the forefront or the companies that really excite you. And I think it could be as simple as an email and reaching out and just saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a current student right now. These are the list of things that really interest me about your company. Would you mind spending a half hour to an hour with me and letting me kind of pick your brain as to what interests you and why did you end up at this company and uh, what are the things that have happened in your career path that have led you here that maybe I can try to uh, mirror or parallel if you will so yeah so I guess in terms of being able to reach out to someone I've heard different good and bad things from someone saying you know I just want to pick your brain mm -hmm. I think that oftentimes now that's becoming more of a cliche more of a way for someone to get free work do you think that that's something mm. that's happening around I don't know if necessarily students because I don't think students are that smart but you know <laughs> I don't know you know other professionals who say hey I just want to get coffee and pick your brain mm -hmm. but it's more so hey I want you to solve this problem that I have but for free yeah and I, I guess I probably see that more with kind of professional to professional I mean especially on the agency side when you have somebody on the corporate side asking hey let me pick your brain then there there always is that I guess notion in the back of my mind as to well is it a way to kind of get free work or validate what they're already working on um, but I guess in my experience with students uh, especially current students if they're if they have the motivation enough to kind of show that, you know, I've done a little bit of research about your company, I think I understand it, but I want to learn more. Just that genuine interest, I think, supersedes any maybe notions in the background that um, the company might be trying to get some free work for them. I don't, and, but um, that's my experience, so. Right. Hopefully that uh, is pervasive across the landscape, but yeah. 
Yeah, I just heard a lot of e- like articles that have said, you know, why why I don't want you to pick my brain, and I'm like, whoa, I but I do want I literally do just want to know like what you want to know, right. and then I guess, but then I was like, well, is that is that pertaining to students really? Because I don't think that's really fair. We don't know. <laughs> we just really don't know what to do. Uh, yeah, I would say that it it doesn't, but. I get. I haven't come across that. So. Right, you can't know all the answers. Right. Although, although I'm wishing you would, but you, d- it's okay that you don't. I, wish I would too. I wish I knew all the answers. Make life a lot easier. I mean, I guess it's all right. I guess we can continue on with the interview. If that's all right, even <laughs> okay, though excellent. even though I know you won't give me all the answers. <laughs> so, um, overall, how do, like where did you think you were going to be? Did you think this is where you're going to end up when you started? When you were, I'm a senior in college. When you were my mm-hmm. age, do you think? Did you think that this is where you were going to be at? Not at all. And so that's why I would say uh, probably my biggest or strongest advice would be to keep your mind open as you, as you go down that career path, especially in those formative years uh, in your undergraduate degree. Uh, I was, since seventh grade, I wanted to be an attorney. Uh, I was probably one of those masochist type kids that <laughs> wanted to like, get straight A's and just go to law school. And that, I mean, I was laser focused on that. Mm-hmm. Ended up doing a semester of law school and quickly realized, you know, this is not for me. There's no way I can do this long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and luckily, I was at a, a good point kind of in the economy and, and in my career to where I could uh, kind of find different analytical jobs, and that's how I landed in investor relations. But now that I look back on it, um, I was extremely lucky because I did not keep an open mind, and there were some internship opportunities or other opportunities that came across that you know, I didn't really give the time of day because I wanted to be an attorney so badly. Um, so I, I guess my advice on that front would be uh, keep as open of a mind as you can. And even if you get an internship or some kind of uh, short-term job, those skills that you acquire in that three months or however long it is, uh, I, I would look at it through the lens of how can these, this benefit me long-term. Even if it's not necessarily the exact trajectory that you think you want to head down five, ten years from now, try to figure out how to amass as many skills and qualities that you can within that short period of time that you could do somewhere else, whether or not it's in that same career, I guess, end goal that you want. I think it still helps you either way. I recently heard um, a professor told me that, you know, when you go into a job, take it. Usually, mm-hmm. I mean, if you even if you think you're, you're not ready for it, if you think that, you know, maybe you're not you're not as you don't have you don't have three to five years experience, you have one to three, but they hired you, you know, and you think, well, maybe I shouldn't have this as opposed to, and then you go into it and you hate it. After two months, you're like, mm, this is not for me. I've, I've done my best work, but this is just not something I want to be in to look at it as that, like, that's okay to realize that. And it's okay to make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's, how do you think the best way to, to go? So that's, that's the end of the advice that I heard basically was it's okay to quit, but how do you go about kind of finding out what you do want to do? And maybe if you love that company still, but that's just that role, how do you kind of maneuver out of that mm-hmm. situation? Well, and, and, and hopefully to the company that you are at in that current situation, it has different avenues for you to maybe unwind what you're currently doing now and, and find something that you do like. And you'll find that in larger corporations, uh, but that's not always an opportunity uh, but but I would say um, work as much as you can with the person that you're directly reporting to because oftentimes that individual genuinely wants to help you, uh, help you become a more efficient employee, but then also, too, hopefully a better person. And, and they want you to be happy and be productive in whatever it is that you're working on. So if it's if you have a, a current job that you just you can't stand, maybe is probably the best way to put it. <laughs> 
be as open and transparent as you can. And of course, it's always hard because there's that, that kind of barrier with some people that you're directly reporting to. You don't want to just be completely transparent and open up the kimono and, and pretty much say, you know, I, I hate this job and I wish I could find another job. But, right. but I think there's tactical ways to go about it to kind of breadcrumb your way to, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not the right person for this position but I really like what this other team is working on, and maybe that's an opportunity to work or kind of at least talk or have lunch with that individual on another team and, and be able to better understand what they do and see if there's any parallels with what you like. Um, but yeah, I, would, I mean, I think taking little steps along the way to get in the general direction of where you wanna go is probably the best way. And just understanding that I mean, whether or not it's, it's the VP or the CFO or, or just the, the manager uh, whoever it is that you're interfacing with, they're people too, and they've probably had that same issue earlier on in their career and had to find a way to, to either pivot or, or quit or find another job to where I, I, hopefully they've got some really good counsel to be able to share and be understanding or have that empathy to help you find the right path uh, to where it makes you happy and ultimately a more efficient employee because that's what everybody would like to be. Right. right. <laughs> so you have recently come back to Grand Rapids, correct? Mm -hmm. So you were yes. elsewhere. What do you think is great about Grand Rapids? Like, what do you, do you love Grand Rapids? Do you hate Grand Rapids? Do you like? I love Grand Rapids. I do. And so uh, even seeing the growth that has happened in the last four years, is just phenomenal to me. So I came to Grand Rapids at the end of 2009 uh, during my first stint at Lambert Edwards and around the same time as the financial crisis and seeing what it, what was happening on the east side of the state at the time and I grew up uh, near Lansing and so it wasn't as much growth either but coming here and interviewing with the firm and getting to know individuals and just kind of having a little tour of the city I was blown away by how much growth was actually happening during a time when the vast majority of the uh, country was just in a great recession right um, so I, I it's it's great to see the not just the economy growing, but then also those with the means to be philanthropic to actually give back to the community. And just that general environment or landscape that is Grand Rapids, that there's always that, that notion to, to try to give back to the community, whether or not you have hundreds of millions of dollars or maybe just a couple hundred. I really love that, um, just that feeling that uh, you know, we're, we're always trying to get back to our community and make it a better community. Um, and so one of the things I missed the most was Art Prize mm -hmm. and being able to, I have two small kids, to, to be able to spend, downtown, spend time in downtown, not just for one weekend, but for a couple weekends to come down and just really be able to not only see the phenomenal art that's being displayed, but just the community in the downtown as well and just the feeling to it. It's, it's a small, smaller, large city but uh, there's so much to do that you'll never really run out of things to do. So it's, yeah, I've, I've always loved Grand Rapids. So. so for any student who's maybe looking to apply here or move here or whatever, what do you think are some things to kind of keep in mind about the city culture? Recently we had some speakers come into PRSSA that mentioned, you know, you should probably love some beer. You know, you should probably, <laughs> right. you know, kind of understand it's a beer culture and that, mm -hmm. you know, 
that's it is like anywhere in Michigan I'd say like we have great beer right. <laughs> so yeah. you know whether you l- like will drink it or not you know being able to kind of adjust to you're probably going to meet at a bar <laughs> once mm-hmm. in your life or a brewery yeah. and have a meeting there you know so maybe what's some of your if there's anything like that that you can think for culture wise I mean company culture is what we kind of talk about a lot but I think city mm-hmm. culture is huge too it is and I think really being able to understand what the city offers I mean may it be the beer scene or events at Van Andel or what's going on at the bar. I and mean, there's, there's, there's so many things going on that I think being able to just spend time in the city, uh, whether or not you work here or go to school here, um, I think spending a weekend here or coming up here after work and just having it be a meeting spot for some of your friends, I think that in and of itself gives you, gives you an opportunity to maybe rub shoulders with people that work here on a regular basis and, and be able to network a little bit. But um, yeah, I guess my counsel would be just try to find as many opportunities to come downtown because oftentimes if we live in the suburbs, it's a lot easier to just stay out there. Um, but if you force yourself to find opportunities to come here, I think, one, you'll be able to better understand it and, and really figure out, you know, is, is this environment the right environment for me to come to work 9 to 5 every day? Um, but then, two, really uh, figure out what makes it tick and... I, that's what interests me the most is just the, the diversity mm-hmm. downtown. So. And so looking at the diversity, how do you think, do you see any kind of growth? Like do you see kind of, I mean, there's a lot of buildings going up. There's talk mm-hmm. of Meyer coming into downtown, you know. Right. What do you see as these growths kind of meaning for the diversity of the city? That's a good question. And I think um, I see Grand Rapids kind of as a smaller scale of Chicago. And so I think as Grand Rapids grows and more and more larger corporations see the value of being in downtown, I think you're going to have uh, a similar feel to like a, a Chicago to where there's going to be a lot more diversity of thought. Uh, you're going to have even more good restaurants to go to. Higher rent. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely seeing that. <laughs> and, and higher rent to go to. Um, but, but I think what, what comes with that and what draws people despite the higher rent, the higher cost of living is that there are opportunities, uh, both financially and potentially even academically, to where it'll help offset some of those higher costs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, overall, for students who are hopefully coming from kind of all of the Midwest to Grand Rapids, what are some places that you kind of suggest that they go see? Maybe some, some good food? Because there's a lot of food. There's yes. a lot of drinks. There's a lot of places. <laughs> what are some of your favorites for any students who are kind of coming in Maybe some, something that people may not know. Yeah, so uh, we're strategically situated right by Hopcat, and I'm sure that's what Jeff and Stella's. Lambert, uh, and <laughs> Stella's. So I'm sure that was key in, in Jeff Lambert's decision on where to move, but probably not. But uh, So yeah, I, I, Hopcat and Stella's are two of my favorites. Rockwell's, just across the street, is another good restaurant where I like to frequent. Luna's. Mm-hmm. Um, the list could go on, in all honesty. Uh, but I think, too, even going to Van Andel and maybe catching an event there uh, or the Bob catching something there uh, and some of the museums as well the Gerald R. Ford Museum and, and other museums that are just so close by within walking distance of our office here uh, I mean it's something that you could do during lunch and unfortunately I haven't taken that opportunity <laughs> uh, in my my return back but just to have it that close and be able to take an hour and go enjoy some fine art uh, and then walk back is uh, something that you don't always get the chance to do. 
Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me and chatting and for being a sponsor for our regional conference. Um, I think that this is going to really help students kind of get get into the Grand Rapids mode Good. and really pumped. And I think that that's something that we hope to do. But hearing professionals, I think, I mean, I can tell everyone until I'm blue in the face how much I love Grand Rapids, <laughs> but no one really cares what I have to say, unfortunately. Um, but I do think that's really important that you are um, kind of here and being able to talk about leaving and coming back. And I think that's something that even as someone, I'm from the east side originally, I came here and I'm like, whoa. Like now I'm graduating. Do I leave here? Like, what do I do? Yeah, like this, this is my new home. I don't know now, but knowing you can always kind of come back is really reassuring. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to PR hangover. If you want more PR news like this, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GV underscore PRSSA. Talk to you soon.